The No New Friends podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. For the best in below-the-waist grooming, check out manscaped.com. Use the promo code NNF for 20% off your purchase. That's manscaped.com. Welcome to the No New Friends podcast, the podcast for adults who love to laugh at adulting. Join Scott, Mary, Chris, and Sarah as they discuss adulting topics that may not be suitable for little ears. Unless you are a small adult like Chris. And then it's fine. Things get intense at this point, okay? The, the, the corset comes off. And what's under the corset? It's like it's like a brazier. Brazier? A bra. Okay, okay. What? Well, this is a fancy place. Whoa, you have to call it no, the full name. No. Did you see her breast, Scott? Is that what were you excited Sound like about? A doctor. I know what a brazier? Mary feels like she's in school right now. I don't now. even know what did you have did Rachel bring a pocketbook with her? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about right now? Did you get now? nervous and check your pocket watch? Yeah, like Listen, pocket God. watches would have fit in this place because it was a very classy establishment. Sounds like it would have fit in a lot of places. <laughs> it it's not very not, classy. it doesn't sound like it would fit in your pants. I don't know. <laughs> no, nothing fit in my pants. My cigarettes had to go in Rachel's pocketbook because I could not put them in my pants. Okay. So, in in the the fancy brazier uh, with the thong, but then the brazier comes off and she's got the booby no. tassels. She's got the booby tassels. And How are you gonna oh, go from brazier to booby tassel? I, well, there was no tassel, yeah. but they were glittery and they were they were covering the That's areola and nipples. No, they weren't pasties. Pasties are see-through. An areola is a nipple. No, you, no they're not. What? Not all of them. No, I have some. No, <laughs> pasties are not Listen, have you ever been to a Daytona Beach bike week? Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure there's a just, lot of very close to the same class as what Scott experienced. It's almost the same thing. That's unfortunate. And now it's time for the No New Friends podcast with Scott, Mary, Chris, and Sarah. Come on at 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, That's right, you're listening to the No New Friends podcast, voted number one by our friends and family. We are the podcast for adults who like to laugh at adulting. If you'd like to connect with us on all of our social media, all of our social media links are right there on our website, nonewfriendspodcast.com. While you're there, you can check out our sweet merchandise or join our clubhouse. Become a friend with benefits. That's our Patreon. You can watch us record these things as they're happening live. My name is Scott. I am the host. With me, my co-host, I'm an architect for her pain, the queen of wokeness, Mary. Oh, I like this one this time. Mary. Everybody's favorite food truck critic, Sarah. Hello. And the Ghostbusters called. They want their big giant marshmallow man back. The scumbag <laughs> reselling hoarder himself, Chris. Carpe diem. Seize the day, boys. Make your lives extraordinary. Dead Poet Society. Yes. What year did it come out? I have no idea. 19... Take a guess. 1992. <gasps> Uh, 91. You got the first two digits right. 19, 1989. 89. Okay. Uh, 1989. I, that was a good year. It Great. almost also sounded like um, something that the penguins from Madagascar would say, too. I don't know. That, that is true. <laughs> right? Like, it could be both. And our producer, Alex. Hola. You ever realize, like, uh, whenever somebody says an old year, everyone says, uh, that was a good year. And everyone always just agrees because yeah. they don't remember what happened oh, yeah, that, that year. year. Well, it's about, it's about <laughs> yeah. the wine. 
that's what they're talking but they're referring to how the wine harvest was the the grape harvest in the vineyards i believe that <laughs> <laughs> no that's or what they're referring everything to. is better than what's happening right now is right so maybe what they're referencing i was in class today and we i there's some younger girls in my cohort and my professor we were talking about like signs of noticing that people are depressed and i was like well step one if they're a millennial just look at their date of birth and then we said something about sitting in the shower and listening to the fray and one girl was like what's the fray and i turned around i like did like a full like real fast like turn around like what and then i was like what about snow patrol no nothing like Isn't that nothing that movie out of with, you for uh, this. I hate you so much. <laughs> Anyways, um, we spent 10 minutes educating a girl about who the fray was. So oh, if good. you don't feel old today, I do. Continue well, I on. definitely don't feel safe in the hospitals now because uh, 10 minutes of lesson plan is on the fray. So Sure, you shouldn't. <laughs> well, also, if I were your nurse, I mean, you're in good hands. <laughs> if you yes, have, I uh, am. Yes, I am. Oh, <laughs> I understood that reference. All right, so, um, Mary, do you and, uh, you and Mike still have date nights? Like, where it's just you and Mike? Yes. Okay, Chris, I know you and Emily, like, every Friday night, right? Yes. Oh, my yep. God. Every Friday night? Oh, my God. Well, listen, date night, date night isn't always going out. Date night could just be hanging out on the couch watching Netflix. But isn't that what is you do every night? Like, every night is date no, night. No, no, because, no, I'm Scott's slave. I'm here most sure. nights. <laughs> He's a slave, but now for a Jew. <laughs> <laughs> now, sorry, Sarah, Sarah. I, I, I know don't know you, how you became the butt of these jokes. I'm so sorry. I don't. <laughs> you and Lewis do like a lot of day dates. You go to the theme parks, but do you do like night dates or anything you like said, that? Do we do? I did. Yeah, we <laughs> we have like a, a weekly Chili's margarita night. Oh, I love actually. that. Oh. Oh. Yeah, you get the chips and salsa. So just, my fat ass. I need to know what snacks you had. It what used to be five dollar Presidente margaritas on thursdays so we started doing that like every thursday we'd go there for these margaritas and then they took it away but we never wanted to stop culture swines hey do you know who has a thursday date deal is melting pot oh oh i love melting pot now it's called thursday date yeah mm-hmm. you should try no, you it. don't scott you hate you hate diversity <laughs> <laughs> as he drinks his bud light i just oh the restaurant yeah the, the restaurant. restaurant yeah 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 yeah. i just uh, hate having to gotcha, cook my gotcha, own gotcha. food so mm, yeah, we know. <laughs> Rachel and I have complete opposite schedules. She works like a normal Monday through Friday job, and you know I'm in I'm in restaurant, not a cool restaurant like Sarah, where it's just breakfast and lunch, and like she's out by two <laughs> two p.m. Like I, you know, work nights and all that. So we had we, we had a date night last night, and it's wonderful. Did you wine and dine her? Did you give her? Some burnt ass salmon or like what? <laughs> no, we we actually went out. She approached she approached me earlier in the day. First of all, she decided that she was going to stay Whoa. home. Have she, you recovered from when she actually approached you and was close to you? <laughs> anyway, so um, she she approached me earlier in the day. She said, "Hey, I'm I'm going to stay home from work today." Which immediate uh, panic set in because I needed to edit the After Dark episode. And I'm like, okay, how am I going to do this? And I'm supposed to record with Chuck Chuck LaFlange, uh, his episode and all that. So I'm in a panic. I'm shifting things around. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. What do you want to do? And, and uh, she's like, I don't know. What do you want to do? You know, the usual couple thing. And I said, why don't we go to Mardi Gras? We, we've been trying to go to Mardi Gras at Universal Studios for like three months now and haven't made it out there. And she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's great. She's like... But do you want to go to a burlesque show tonight? And I'm like, Jigga who? Who? What? Oh, oh, who? 
And I said, well, you know, I- It's I, a oh. trap. It's a trap. <laughs> right? Yeah. I'm like, you know, I do open tomorrow. Like that means I'm up at 3.30 in the morning. She's like, well, no, I'll just go by myself. Which means, no, 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 Also no. a trap. Uh, right. And I'm also like, no, 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 no. Yeah. I want to go. I want to go. <laughs> you know, she'd been talking about this burlesque troupe for, for years. It's called Corsets and Cuties. Corsets and Cuties. Oh, my God. One of Zoe's friend's parents, are, like moms, is in that show. Glad you said, glad you followed that by mom. Yes. Yeah. When I said Zoe, one of Zoe's, Zoe's friends. friends that I was show. very, very <laughs> so That's like exactly, that's why I was there. No, I'm sorry. This I, was not I wore the- my fedora so they wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> this was not at the park, okay? So- oh my God. Why don't feed into this? Like, just. Yeah, you just doubled down on it. Oh, no. So I'm like, okay, this could be fine. You know, it's a nice, like, cultured art experience going to a burlesque show, you know. That's great. So she's like, well, it's at, it's downtown Orlando. Okay. Yeah. Now, Mary, I haven't been to downtown Orlando since I was in like my mid twenties. Oh, no, I've, I've been there. And, you know, <laughs> I, you know, I, I bar independent bar, barbecue bar, you know, those, those fun plate. <laughs> have a nice day cafe you know those fun oh fun, yeah fun places. all those, those places anyway so it's, right now yeah, yeah it's been a while since i've been downtown so she's like it's at the speakeasy and have you ever been to a speakeasy i always speakeasy wow <laughs> so we get there and the bouncer gives us this first of all we got carded which obviously he has to card everybody because there's no reason that i should be carded and we had to. Dri- I don't know though. I'm going to stop you right there because if I were two teenage, like if I was a teenager, I would put my friend on my shoulders and look like you, probably <laughs> like in a trench coat. You are exactly what we would aim for to Thank get through so the door. Much. Anyway, so we we oh and, and Rachel says you can't wear tennis shoes. You can't wear tennis shoes. You can wear jeans, but they can't be ripped. I own two pairs of je- two different types of pairs of jeans, ripped or like. I don't fit in them anymore. And so soon to be ripped. Right. So soon to be ripped. So <laughs> be ripped. let me tell you, my nutsack was so, so constricted uh, from these jeans, but thankfully they were cleanly shaven uh, nutsack because oh, yes. I use my Manscaped 4.0. <laughs> and if you'd like 20% off your Manscaped purchase, just visit their website, manscaped.com. Use the promo code NNF for 20% off. So and Scott, not only can you get the Manscaped 4.0, you can get the limited edition Manscaped 4.0. It's purple, and some of the proceeds go towards testicular cancer, which you probably have now because of the uh, yes, but, very yeah, tight, tight like a tiger. Me. Just call me yeah. John Cruck. That joke did not did land Lance at all. Armstrong? Did you mean Lance Armstrong? I don't Lance even Armstrong. Know who that yeah. is. John Cruck was a baseball player. We can make anyway. fun. Yeah. We can't make fun of John Crock. We can make fun of Lance Armstrong. He cheated, so we can make fun of the whole yeah, one true. ball thing. But John Crock, come on. Okay. Man. My bad. My bad. So I'm wearing a Phillies hat. Very insensitive. So um we get there and yes, Jared, it was uh Mathers Social downtown. That's where we went to Mathers Social. Oh, that's a nice place. It's a really nice. nice place. And you go up this elevator and there's a library and you have to find the book that you can handle, which means that there's a door handle and you open it up. And was yours like little women? <laughs> that was too good yes so i grabbed the little women book uh opened the door and the place was really nice really nice you know we had a nice charcuterie board in front of us and you know i kept rachel's like do you want to see the the menu and i'm like no i bud light i cannot drink liquor tonight i have to be up at 3 30 in the morning show doesn't start till eight o'clock so we get there at seven o'clock they don't have bud light mary of course they don't why did you think they were like what 
I know this what place is this place is easy. Do you know of? They have bathtub gin. That's they had what you get. they had bathtub gin. I. Uh, the- <laughs> They, they, they had you drinks. You say it like I don't make it. <laughs> what? <laughs> they had drinks that you could smoke, and like they, they, you know, had the mm-hmm. torch and the smoke drinks. Yeah. You know, like very fancy. Um, I ordered Mick Ultra, and uh, I absolutely hate Mick Ultra. But after the first, were you one, wearing it was fine. dry fit? <laughs> no, I wasn't. But let me tell you, this whole BS rule that she told me, like you can't wear shorts, you can't wear tennis shoes. There were people wearing shorts and tennis shoes, and I immediately was frustrated because, again, nutsack. <laughs> Did you just whip your nuts out just like out no, of protest? I can't do that, Mary. Oh, so, that's where you draw the line. Okay. <laughs> that's where okay. I draw the line. <laughs> Love so, it. So we're having a good old time. So I am I am imagining uh in my head this burlesque show with a stage and this huge ensemble number where I can watch from afar the 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 girls dancing in the corsets, and that is my evening. And I'm very much looking forward to this because I like boobs. <laughs> There is no stage, Mary. There's no stage. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out how this works. And they're like, well, I think they just dance kind of, they, there's this pathway. There's this naturally, natural path between tables and all that. And she's, they're like, I think they do it there. I'm like, okay, well, okay. That's a weird group number, but fine. Mary, it's not a group number. Okay. It's, it is one girl at a time. Oh wow! Okay. It's like an auction. Is there a satellite <laughs> stage? No, there's no. We want the redhead. Here, here's, I don't know what's here's happening. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about me. I don't like going to like regular plays where they come out in the audience and they interact with the audience. It makes me feel sick to my stomach because I don't know what to do. I don't know what. I don't know where to look. I don't know what to do with my hands. So. I'm like I fine. I feel like you are lying to all of us right no, now because I'm I not. feel like the I have, second I have, you get one ounce of attention, you're like you're like you stand no, up and you just no. start a the, song. And the dance. attention has to be on my own terms. I cannot interact with a performer. Chris, you were going to oh, say something. Man. Yeah, I was going to say I have two ideas of what you could have done with your hands. <laughs> <laughs> one of which will, well, both will probably land you right in jail. <laughs> I tried, but I again pants tight, couldn't get it down there. So. I, I see her. That's not what I was insinuating. Oh, <laughs> wow. Keep going. He was wow. going to say, eat your charcuterie board and hold your yeah, drink. Man, wow. I don't I, know. Okay. I had finished the charcuterie board and I was on my third Mick Ultra because I'm like, oh my God, there's, the, the, she's, inter- she started interacting with people, Mary. She started interacting with people and I immediately start squirming. But what was she doing to interact? Was she yeah, like what talking is or Glove off. Dancing? No, she's dancing. There's music. She Glove was off she singing and around or just the neck. dancing? Just dancing, glove off around his neck, and you know, kind of like hand down his face. And it sounds horrible, uh, Chris. I don't like people to touch my face. Chris, I it's like all, it, I'm I losing my think. mind at this point because I'm like, oh my god, like we're <laughs> she's got a straight shot to us. Oh my, and I'm and like Rachel is sitting on the couch next to her friend who's sitting next to her her, her husband, and I'm in a chair across from them. So I'm like by myself. Why'd you isolate yourself from the pack? That was your first mistake. I, I thought it was a group number, Mary. I didn't realize that it was individual <laughs> you performances. About the venue? No, See, I didn't look, know. This I'm was my first burlesque show. Take a page out of Chris and I's book. 
I would have known what the venue looked like, the square footage, the parking arrangement, what they had on the menu mm-hmm. well in advance. But because I'm my not anxiety does not allow for me to go in blind. I'm so not, that is no, on you. I am not that much of a psychopath, us. though. You Okay, well, maybe you should get on our level then because Chris and I yeah. wouldn't have been thrown off. We would have known exactly mm-hmm. where to sit. So that's on you. And where to put our hands, yep. whatever. Clearly our mouths. <laughs> our hands, our mouths, and our pants wouldn't have been tight. So (laughs) lesson well learned. I have learned my lesson. So this continues. She's coming down the aisle and thank God all she did near our table was take off her gloves and throw it at Rachel. Fine. Great. Continue on with your, with your, with your performance. Did she come back and get the glove or does Rachel still have it? No, someone else came to get the gloves. So I bet you remembered how tight your pants were. (laughs) (laughs) So I, you know, I pictured the robe's going to come off and there's going to be a corset. Gloves are going to come off. The stockings are going to come up. But what I didn't expect is a thong. I thought this was a classy burlesque show. No, she's What's wrong with thongs, Scott. Okay. I am at a club seeing this burlesque show, which I don't know what to expect with my wife. I don't know what to do with my hands. I'm already squirming and highly uncomfortable because they're going to interact with me at some point. This is, this is horrifying. So, the dance continues. The robe comes off. Fine. I knew there's going to be a corset. No problem. She takes the stockings off. Fine. No problem. Okay. Things get intense at this point. Okay. The, the, the corset comes off. And what's under the corset? It's like, it's like a brassiere. Brassiere? A bra. Okay. Okay. What? Well, this is a fancy place. Whoa, you have to call it no, the full name. No. No. Did you see her breast, Scott? Is that what? Were you excited like about a that. I know what a brazier. Mary feels like she's in school right I now. I don't even know what did you have did Rachel bring a pocketbook with her? What the <laughs> hell are you talking about right now? Did you get now? nervous and check your pocket watch? Yeah, like Listen, pocket God. watches would have fit in this place because it was a very classy establishment. Sounds like would have fit in a lot of places. <laughs> it doesn't sound very not classy. it doesn't sound like it would fit in your pants. I don't know. <laughs> no, nothing fit in my pants. My cigarettes had to go in Rachel's pocketbook because I could not put them in my pants. Okay, so in in the the fancy brazier uh, with the thong, but then the brazier comes off, and she's got the booby no. tassels. She's got the booby tassels. Mm-hmm. And How are you going to oh, go from brazier to booby tassel? I, well, there was no tassel, yeah. but they were glittery, and they were they were covering the That's areola and nipples. No, they weren't pasties. Pasties are see through. Areola is a nipple. No, you, no they're not. What? Not all of them. No, I have some. No, these are not. Listen, see-through. have you ever been to a Daytona Beach Bike Week? Uh, <laughs> and I'm sure there's a just, lot of very close to the same class as what Scott experienced. It's almost the same thing. That's unfortunate. There's a pa- okay. First of all, an areola is a nipple. Okay, sir. Um, right, I know. But you said her areola and her nipple. So the how same many, thing. How I, many did she got? What is this? Okay. Um, so you were taken aback by the pasty. I thought I was at a burlesque show, which would be dancing in the corsets. I did not realize I was at a strip show. Why did you think it was dancing in the corsets? Is it because of the name? Yes. I just, because this is a downtown Orlando thing. There's no stripping license there. I didn't know I was going to a strip show. I don't want to scare you. This is a, wait, you need a license to strip? Yeah. Also, you know, the Backstreet Boys Mary, don't you've been doing it illegally for years. In the Backstreet. <laughs> They're also not boys. Uh, wait, hold on. What? I've been doing what for years? 
stripping illegally. Oh, yeah, I have. When you climbed that tree a couple weeks ago? <laughs> Look. That was very illegal. Well, that was just the murder. That, that was the part that was illegal. <laughs> that was the only part. I need to understand. I think that, um, one, I can imagine that you probably looked like Clark Griswold whenever he was at the mall and sweating profusely by the lingerie stand. That's what I almost feel like. I think you were probably like worse season to be Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Worse. I'm Um, squirming in my seat and now I I have nothing to drink. I almost think that Rachel wanted to see the show kind of, but you were also the show. Oh, no, without a doubt. This was strategy. I became the biggest entertainment of the night. Like they, I wouldn't they go just, that far, but well, I as mean, far as my group was concerned, bonus. I was definitely an added bonus. So now I'm parched because I can't. I'm I'm sweating. Parched. Like I have no saliva left in my mouth. My mouth is dry. I've got the little white foamy thing, you know, on the corners of my mouth because of the dehydration. So I, I. That's what you call it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so I immediately ordered another McUltra, and I'm like. And a shot of tequila, please. Uh, I'm going to need this to get through the night. Yep. Mind you, I have to be up at 3.30 in the morning. So, I'm... <sighs> so Mr. Then, sir. So then, Ooh. to make things worse, it, after the routine, she comes around with a tip bucket. And I don't carry any cash. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have any cash. She turns the bucket around and she says, well, here's our Venmo. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm like, what Brilliant. the hell? Our, our strippers have Venmo now. Fantastic. The Girl Scouts do that too. Yeah. Strip? No. Oh my God. Scott's like, no. give me the tickets. I'll buy all of them. <laughs> Where do I from? <laughs> cookies and cookies. It's the newest show. <laughs> so, so to wrap this up before we go to Jer- uh, Jersey Man, Florida Man. So oh, I thought you were going to say jail, but that too. <laughs> so we stay. Fine. We're. Uh, second routine's about to happen and they're like 20 minutes apart and now the place is really busy to where when the routine starts everybody kind of stands up and converges in well again we're at the end of this runway so they're like standing in front of us which i'm okay with at this point because i'm very uncomfortable very very uncomfortable so like rachel's friend is like you know move out of the way move out of the way so they don't move enough where i can see which i'm fine with i'm fine with i'm just sitting back I'm fine. I'm I'm just eating my cheese from the charcuterie board. But I thought I you felt, finished your cheese. I'm just kidding. We got a second charcuterie <laughs> There's board. There's holes in the story. <laughs> we got a second board, Mary. Of course so, you did. So then I, I missed the whole thing, which is fine. But then she comes around and does the tip bucket. And I immediately felt like the biggest asshole ever. Mary, she was this beautiful larger African American woman and I just stood there and didn't watch the show like everybody else which made me the biggest racist in the building well that's not what made you that but yes that too i'm sure that (laughs) contributed i felt terrible so i tipped her well good did you put the fist up too? Oh my <laughs> god! Oh my god! I, 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 no, I did Wakanda that. forever. Um, oh, oh my god! Let's go into Florida man and Jersey man. Jesus! <laughs> you guys ready to play Jersey man, Florida man? Yeah. Please. Yes. Jersey man versus Florida man. 
All right, every week, Ryan brings us two news stories. One is from Jersey, one is from Florida. It is up to us to decide which one is which. Take it away, Ryan. Hey guys, this is Ryan. I'm still here in the No New Friends newsroom, which is located this week in a prison in Uzbekistan. Hey, the hell are you doing here? <laughs> what? Who the f- let you in here? Get out of here. Fine, jeez, I'll head over to Rubby's round table. They appreciate the finer things there. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, you leave for five minutes in the squatters takeover. Anyways, <laughs> hey guys, this is Ryan coming to you from the No New Friends newsroom, located this week at my new job at a grocery store. The job at the warehouse didn't work out. Apparently my back alley dealings were frowned upon and highly illegal. So I got a new job here being security at a grocery store. Oh man, this is a rough start to the day. I grabbed the wrong name tag. This one says, hello, my name is Gay on it. <laughs> my name's not Gay, neither is anybody else's. Anyways, I love watching the security cameras here because I love the people watch. And you really see some characters come into the grocery store. This one woman came in with a whole string of kids behind her. I thought she was chaperoning a field trip, but it turns out all the kids were hers. Well, she proceeded to have a conversation with a cardboard cutout, which she's been doing for weeks now from what I hear. And then this Jewish woman came in trying to understand seasonings so she could make an Italian dish for a Puerto Rican man. I'm not really sure what religion or race should be offended by that, but I'm pretty sure it's all of them. And then this one guy wearing a fedora and a Hawaiian shirt came in. He wandered over to the vegetables where he got very angry at them for some reason. He had that look on his face as if he'd never eaten or seen a vegetable before. And after that, he approached a blue-haired woman where he gabbed her ear off about what happened on a soap opera 30 years ago. I don't even know how long he talked for. I fell asleep for an hour and he was still talking. But he wandered away from there and got into some kind of weird move-out-of-my-way dancing match with a woman and then yelled at her, you would be the type of person that'd split a check in a restaurant. <laughs> but he wandered over to the meat section where he found a My First Salmon cooking kit we make for kids. It might take him a while to cook that in his Easy Bake Oven. See, Mary, that's an Easy Bake Oven joke that won't offend a whole religion. While I watch this guy use his wife's credit card to buy her dinner, let's get into this week's Florida Man or Jersey Man. And in our first story, a man is arrested for trafficking fentanyl that he kept in a Pringles can. And in our second story, a man said his wife was just napping, but prosecutors claim it was much more permanent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right. Uh, let's start with Sarah. What do you think? Uh, you've got fentanyl in a Pringles can, and you've got permanently sleeping like Mary. No, fent- fentanyl has to be Florida. Okay. It has to be. All right. It's just trashy like that. In a Pringles can, you know? Yeah. Okay. I don't I, I don't I don't know. Mary, what do you think? Um yeah, I gotta agree with Sarah on this one. Uh we do like our fentanyl here in Florida. And by we I mean really we. Like I am in on that. Um <laughs> only done it once, but boy, what a ride. Uh I can't have Pringles though, so I'd like to think I'd keep my fentanyl in something better, like a bag of gluten free pretzels i digress the one that was sleeping was probably in jersey i don't know i agree with sarah chris what do you think fentanyl very popular up here in new jersey so much so that we have fentanyl commercials it says not even once so i'm gonna go fentanyl new jersey uh and the sleeping thing people are old in florida they probably probably thought she was just sleeping because she's probably 85 years (laughs) old and just now super dead so i'm gonna go uh Florida, that yeah, is I'm a very go good point. Florida. Mm-hmm. So I was going to go sleeping New Jersey because there's really nothing to do in New Jersey, but um, I'm going to I'm going to go with the Jersey and expert, and uh, they've got commercials about fentanyl in New Jersey. So I'm we I'm going to go. We don't have commercials. We don't, but we in Florida we don't care about the drug epidemic. 
That's that. I mean, that's fair. No, the only commercials we have are for gun shows here. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Um, so I'm going to go uh, fentanyl Jersey and sleeping woman Florida. All right. Let's find out the answer. So our first story is from Florida, where Hillsborough County Sheriff arrests a 25-year-old man with 40 grams of fentanyl in a Pringles can. Fentanyl and gluten? This guy's really out to kill Mary. Oh my god. <laughs> and our second story is from New Jersey, where a 40-year-old South Jersey man had murdered his wife, but claimed to police that she was just napping. He had a foolproof story. He said she was listening to the No New Friends podcast, and Chris started talking about conspiracies. And just like anybody else, it put her to sleep. Even as he was telling the people his story, they yawned. And in other news, a new study finds that plants scream when stressed or injured. They use tiny microphones to record the sounds of a plant being stressed. Here's what they recorded. <laughs> Not really sure how we can confirm this, but Sarah, have you ever heard the plants screaming when you smoke them? Oh. <laughs> Anyways, that's it for me this week, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Wow. That may have been one of his best jokes. That was, that was yeah, fantastic. that was that was good. <laughs> So that was really good. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was beautiful. Yeah, that was beautiful. All right. Coming up next is our interview with Jeremy Miller, who played Ben Seaver on the 80s hit sitcom Growing Pains. Uh, this is part one of the interview. Part two will be on After Dark uh, this coming Wednesday. Guys, this is a fantastic fantastic interview he did not hold back at all uh he discussed a lot of the childhood trauma that he went through it is unbelievable uh, unbelievably fascinating and uh, all the good work that he's doing now uh by far my favorite interview so far it's it was unbelievable so please if you like this episode this episode means a lot to me please share it share it with the masses because it's it's i'm just very very proud of this interview and it's going to be in two parts uh you're about to hear part one part two will be in after dark if you want to see the full unedited interview and actually watch it just join our patreon for as low as two dollars a month it's already up there and uh it doesn't cost you much to watch it the word history comes from ancient greece first used by aristotle historians seek knowledge of the past using historical sources i use google this is the his with alex Before they play part one of the interview with Jeremy Miller, I thought it'd be a good idea, as usual, to educate you on who the guest is. Jeremy Miller was born on October 21st, 1976 in Covina, California. Miller was a paid actor by the time he was eight years old, landing a guest role on the show Punky Brewster. He appeared in the TV series named Deceptions and in the film Emanon. He even voiced Linus in the TV short Happy New Year, Charlie Brown. He would go on and voice Linus in the Peanut TV movie and miniseries in 1988. He then landed his biggest role as Ben Seaver, the youngest son on Growing Pains, which ran from 1985 to 1992 on ABC. After Growing Pains, Jeremy appeared in a special celebrity team-up episode of Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego. He was in a few projects until 2000 when he was in a TV movie reunion, The Growing Pains the Movie. This was followed up by Growing Pains' return of the Seavers in 2004. Jeremy continued acting, racking up six credits. In 2014, Miller was promoting Start Fresh Recovery and told a story of addiction, he had been struggling with drinking since he was 12, and in 2011 became a spokesperson for Fresh Start Private Management, which helped him get clean. Jeremy talked about how his faith and family really helped him recover from addiction in the book he wrote, which was released in 2019, named When I Wish Upon a Star, From Broken Homes to Mid Hearts. 
He can currently be seen on the BET original series, Angel. You're listening to the New Friends Podcast. We'll be right back. There are three things that I hate in life. Taxes, nausea, and booking vacations. The first two I'm stuck with, but for the third, I use Sandpiper Vacations. Sandpiper Vacations is a small business that is LGBTQ plus owned and operated with travel advisors all over the country. Whether it's a cruise, a trip to a theme park, or an all-inclusive resort, Sandpiper has you covered. Oh, and I forgot to mention, it's free. Why book a vacation when you can have someone else do it for you? That's like choosing to take the stairs in a building that has an elevator. Leave the headaches of booking a vacation to someone else. Get your quote today at www.sandpipervacations.com and tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. Picture St. Augustine, Florida, 2022. You're on the Night Watchman Ghost Tour with all of your ghoul friends. The air grows colder, you turn the corner, and there she is, Ghost Mary. Okay, you probably won't run into Ghost Mary. Um, You may see a ghost named Mary. I'm not really 100% sure, but the tour guides for the Night Watchman Ghost Tour from Sea America Tours do know it is the only 4D ghost tour in St. Augustine. So if you have ever wondered what a ghost smells like, well, now is your chance. And right now they have a scary good deal going on. Enter the promo code NNF as in no new friends and receive 25% off your Night Watchman Ghost Tour. So visit them at seeamericatours.net. That is S-E-E, americatours.net. Okay, bye. Hey, you. You want to join a cult? Well, this might be your lucky day. For just $2 a month and a simple blood oath, you can join our clubhouse and become a friend with benefits. In addition to the amazing feeling of donating to the poor, you will have access to Patreon-exclusive content, live shows, and maybe even a behind-the-scenes look at my secret stash. To get started, head on over to nonewfriendspodcast.com and hit join our clubhouse. Can't wait to see you at the initiation ceremony. Oh, and in the chat during our live shows, of course. If you'd like to hear all of our episodes, all of our past episodes, just visit our website, nonewfriendspodcast.com. All of our links to all of our old episodes are there. If you didn't understand an inside joke or just wanted to re-listen to something, just check it out. It's nonewfriendspodcast.com, or you can check us out on all streaming platforms. This is Larry Hankin, and you're listening to the No New Friends Podcast. Me neither. Show me that smile again. Show me that smile. Don't waste another minute on your crying. We're nowhere near the end. The best is ready to begin. As long as we got each other. Welcome back to the No New Friends podcast. I am I am so excited about our next guest. Uh, we've had a lot of really cool guests, but this one's got to be one of the coolest. Uh, as a child of the '80s, I grew up watching uh, Family Ties, and and especially 
Growing Pains, and our next guest uh, starred in Growing Pains from the age of 8 to 15, played little Ben Seaver, who was famous for that Ben Seaver scream. It was kind of the, it was the original uh, Michelle Tanner, you got it, dude. I mean, he was cooler than <laughs> Michelle Tanner. But I've got Jeremy Miller with us. Jeremy, how are you? I'm doing great, Scott. Thanks for having me on. Thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule. To, you do so many amazing things, which we'll talk about later. But uh, when did acting, you started at five years old, right? Mm-hmm. And do you remember, I don't remember what I did five minutes ago. Do you remember kind of what that experience was like at five years old getting into acting? I vaguely do, actually. Um, when I was really little, about two and a half, three years old, my mom put me in singing lessons, maybe three, three and a half. And um, there was a little place uh, down where we lived called Mickey Rooney's Talent Town. And for any of our younger listeners, Mickey Rooney was the original kid actor. He was the original, you know, young star. And he built these studios for kids to come and learn anything they wanted in the entertainment business. So they could come and learn acting and singing and dance and any sort of performance that they wanted. And Mickey would even come to visit the, you know, visit the studios occasionally, which for a kid was, you know, I mean, I knew exactly who he was and it was such a big deal when he would come, but I was taking singing lessons there. And the singing coach had two daughters who were in acting and she just kind of came to my mom one time and said, you know, hey, have you ever thought about putting him on TV? You know, he has the personality for it. He certainly never shuts up, um, you know, and it's like Chris, Chris never shuts up. I get that. That's too. Guilty. <laughs> that was me. And, you know, I always walked around the house repeating lines from Chips or Brady Bunch or I mean, I'd recite entire scenes and my mom, something just clicked and she was like, I don't know, maybe he would like that. So given I was only about five years old, five and a half and one day in the car, um, after picking me up from school, she asked me, you know, what would you think about trying to be like one of those kids on TV? And I mean, I'm five years old. So I mean, it was like, okay, that sounds fun. You know, I mean, I had no clue. And uh, it was really just as simple as that. Um, my singing coach helped us, you know, try and go through the process, get pictures, get an agent and do all that kind of stuff. And that's just where my journey began. That's so cool. Now, did... Uh did it kind of click right away? Did you, did you land jobs right away or were there any struggles starting off? But the funny thing is I booked a um, national McDonald's commercial within my first 10 auditions. Oh, wow. Wow. And I'll tell you a little something about that commercial. Um, it was me, Jaleel White. So Urkel from family matters, oh my wow. God. a kid named RJ Williams and a kid named Brandon call. If you go look up either of those names, they not only starred in multiple pilots during that time, they also were guest stars on almost every major, you know, sitcom and kids show. So it was just this weird moment where all four of us who would go on to be very successful in this business, were all doing our first commercial at like five years old. Oh, that's crazy. Brandon call was in uh, step by step, right? Yep. Okay, got gotcha. And then RJ Williams did, I mean, I can't remember, I think he had like three different pilots that he did that didn't end up going anywhere after their first few. And he did a bunch of, like I said, a bunch of guest spots on different things. And of course, we know Jaleel Urkel on, oh, you know, Family course. Matters. Oh, yeah. And it was just this really kind of unique. I ran into one of the producers who did that commercial and he was like, 
you know, how did, I can't believe we, we booked all of you guys for this. And then you all went on for the next 10, 15 years to be successful young actors. Yeah. I hope that casting director used that as kind of a feather in his cap on his resume. Like I, I discovered Jeremy Miller and <laughs> Khalil White, Brandon. That's well, so cool. Yeah. It wasn't quite the outsiders, you know, with Matt, you know, <laughs> Matt Dillon and all those guys, but it, it was definitely an interesting, you know, experience to see all of us later on and be like, wow, we all did this little thing together, you know, as barely babies. And then we all went on to do pretty well for ourselves. But that was that was my first taste of it. And you know, as a kid, you think, oh, well, this is easy. This is going to be, <laughs> you know, no problem. I mean, 10 auditions, I already got a job. And then for about the next two years, I didn't get anything. Oh, wow. I went on over 450 auditions. I got regularly down to the final four, the final two, what they called getting called back for producers, where you it'd be only a few guys and you read directly with the director and the producers. It seemed like I got that far on almost every audition, but I just couldn't book anything. And, uh, we were, my mom was a single mom, you know, I mean, my, my dad was not a deadbeat dad. He, you know, he paid his alimony and his child support and we saw him every other weekend and he was a big part of my life, but we were struggling. Uh, my mom couldn't work full time while the, taking us on auditions because your, your afternoons, I mean, she would pick us up from school. My brother auditioned as well. So we'd go to anywhere from three to five auditions a day between the two of wow. us wow. and she would drive us around. I mean, we lived, we lived out in, you know, different places that were far from Hollywood. Um, I grew up in West Covina and Alhambra and uh, Azusa and, you know, these places are not close. So we would drive an hour and a half, two hours to get there, spend the whole day driving to different places to audition and then sit in traffic the whole way home. And you wouldn't get home till eight, nine o'clock at night. Wow. And then you just began again the next day. Wow. So it was a little tough. Sure. But my mom finally sat me down. And again, we were, I didn't know all these little details, but I mean, we were getting food help from our church at that point. We were struggling so bad. Um, they were helping us out with a few bills and things. I mean, things had gotten pretty desperate. And my mom sat me down after an audition and said, um, you know, honey, I, I don't know how much longer we're going to be able to keep this up. She said, I, I just financially, I don't know if we can keep doing this. She said, if, if you don't start booking things soon, we're going to have to stop. Um, we probably have about two months, maybe three months left. Wow. And I don't know if you're, you know, a person who believes in the power of prayer, but I'll tell you right now, my mom and I both started praying um, that day. And within two weeks, I started booking every last thing I got. Wow. Um, it just, that's how it happened. You can believe whatever you want to believe, but w within two weeks, every single, I got a part on different strokes. I got a part on Charles in charge, Punky Brewster, um, this little show nobody remembers called Pryor's Place. It was a Saturday morning variety show for kids that Richard Pryor produced. <laughs> wow. Robin Williams did guest spots and all these different people did guest spots. And I, I got to be a part of that show for an episode. Um, I just started landing everything. I ended up booking a movie, a, a really every, every actor has it, a horrible movie called Eminon. Um, don't bother trying to find it. It was awful. You will, you will not get that time in your life back. Don't bother. But 
I got some good reviews from it. Um, me and one other actor, the LA Times tore the film apart. I mean, just the review was awful. But they said that there were two bright spots and it was me and this other actor. And it was kind of the start. I then booked a TV movie with Barry Bostwick and Stephanie Powers called Deceptions. Wow. And we went and filmed at the legendary Pinewood Studios in London. Um, and it just, it all snowballed and it all started spiraling. And soon enough, I ended up getting my audition for Growing Pains as well. And here's the really interesting thing. I booked two new pilots right at the same time i went out for a show called fathers and sons which was going to star merlin olsen and then i went out for growing pains and basically i got both roles um it hadn't been confirmed but i was asked to come and um do the screen test and at that point you they've basically decided they want you but you can't commit to two screen tests oh wow you have to choose pressure and how old were you at this time at this time, I'm about seven and a half. I'm almost eight. Oh, my God. Right. And my <laughs> agent and everybody else is telling us we need to take Fathers and Sons. Fathers and Sons was going to be an NBC show. NBC was bigger than ABC and CBS at the time. Merlin Olsen was a bigger name than anybody they had involved with Growing Pains at the time. And everybody around me was saying we needed to take Fathers and Sons. That's the one we needed to agree to. But my mother and my grandmother had a had a feeling that's that's really all they they had an inclination and they said no we need to go with this other one and that i mean it that's history you know growing pains went on for seven years i believe fathers and sons went on for six episodes and was canceled wow my very good friend andre gower um who was in monster squad and a bunch of other films um he actually booked the role after i um chose growing pains and had i chosen the other one you know i wouldn't be where i am today um so i owe that to my mom and my my grandmother but that's kind of how it all began and how it snowballed for me well some could argue that maybe you made growing pains and had you taken the other one maybe that goes on for seven seasons and growing pains for only (laughs) you know six episodes that's that's a very sweet sentiment but uh (laughs) being being a kid actor at the time yes you have a lot to add but there's not a lot of talent at that age for most actors most child actors you know your job is to be cute and to be um as real of a kid as possible and the producers on growing pain said that that was what got me the job it wasn't my performance or my reading of the lines it was that i came into the casting room and just started telling jokes and telling stories and being a kid and they immediately were like that's that's the kid that's who we need um you know, you learn the skills of acting as you go on, as you grow up, as you take classes and you work with people. But at that age, you really are just trying to be yourself. You're trying to be a kid and bring that to the role. Sure. So how did you, because, okay, so shows back in the eighties, family sitcoms back in the eighties, a lot different than they're, than they are now. Yeah. Way different. It was the, the, (laughs) the family and there was, you know, always a, a learning opportunity, uh, mm-hmm. you know, growing pains dealt with, um, uh, you know, dr- driving, driving under the influence of alcohol. I mean, the famous, uh, uh, death of, uh, Matthew Perry. Matthew episode. Perry. Yes. And, uh, so what was that like for you as a kid having to deal with all these heavy issues, but also try to be funny? Like how, how did the balance of that work? Especially early on, 
because of my age, I wasn't included in the scenes where we dealt with those type of issues. So my job hadn't really changed. I okay. knew we were dealing with this stuff and I knew the impact that this, you know, I mean, even at a young age, I mean, we were doing episodes about cocaine and we were doing episodes, you know, about, like you said, drunk driving and bullying and all this other stuff. And I wasn't too much a part of that because I was younger during those seasons. Um, so my job was still just to come in, do our scenes, be the normal kid. Um, but those were important episodes, you know, right. I mean, they really were people still to this day very much. And not just because Matt Perry went on to do friends. It's that was a powerful episode that people really remember and still touches them. Oh, for um, sure. So getting to be a part of that and getting to already kind of reach out and touch people's lives a little bit was really cool as a kid. Yeah. Now, when it, when they were getting ready to do those episodes, or obviously, did you watch the show when it aired? <laughs> okay. So, like, did you have discussions with your parents? Did they sit you down or anybody kind of say, okay, this is what this episode is about. This is what they're dealing with. Because as an 8, 9, 10-year-old kid, uh, you know, how much of that stuff do you know about without seeing the episode? We did. Um, we, my parents did, you know, my mom in particular did talk to me about a lot of that stuff when it would come up, but our producers also did. They wanted us to have a little bit of a background and sometimes they went a little too far. Thankfully, my mom put her foot down here and there, but I'll give you an example. And most people look at it as just a very funny episode, but there was an episode in the second season where my character calls a phone sex line and runs up a huge bill on the phone <laughs> and our producers wanted me to understand what this was about. I'm only nine years old and wow. they wanted to play an actual recording of a phone sex line for me at nine years old. So I would know what we're dealing with. Wow. Oh my, God. my mother put her foot down so quick. It wasn't even funny. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. That was not going to happen. But that's the type of thing they did. They wanted realism. They wanted us to understand before we began filming so that we could, you know, do our best. Wow. So essentially, it's a family sitcom. You had a second family. Um, how much How much influence did those legends, Alan Thicke, Joanna Kearns, Kirk Cameron, Tracy Gold have on you as as a kid? Uh, they had, they were, you said it already, that was my second family. I was very blessed in that we had a great set. Um, we had wonderful people on it. And everybody from the cast all the way to our crew, even the office workers, the assistants of the producers and things like that, we knew everybody's name. We knew their kids. We were a 200-person family. It wow. was a, an amazing experience. And honestly, Kirk was a big influence on me as an older brother. I mean, we were siblings. We tortured Tracy. We He tortured <laughs> me. We had fun together. You know, Alan and Joanna were truly influential parents to me when something was going on. If I was misbehaving on set, they'd check me. If my attitude wasn't right, they'd check me. Um, I learned a lot from them about the industry, about life, but they were huge influences on me and their love and their caring for me and their being a part of everything. I mean, I'll give you an example. When I was going through um, probably the darkest period of my childhood, when I was dealing with the sexual abuse with my stepfather and all that kind of stuff, um, Tracy was the one who was there for me every single day. Oh, wow. we, we went to lunch. 
um, you know, they didn't know exactly what was going on, but they knew I was really messed up. And Kirk would have me come and spend the weekend at his house with his family, you know, with his brothers and sisters and his mom. Tracy would do the same thing when I, they could tell I just had to get away. They would, you know, hey, why don't you come spend the weekend with us? And we're going to do this. and We're going to do that. They get me out of the house. They gave me a safe place to be. Um, so they were incredibly influential and important in my life. And, you know, Alan was one of the greatest human beings I've ever known. Still hard to talk about. Sure. Um, mm, sorry. Haven't gotten choked up about it in a while, but, uh, he was my other dad. You know, I was, I was very lucky to have such an amazing, loving, caring man, such a, a giving open human being who just welcomed everybody into his life and his heart. And not only in a personal level, you know, on a professional level, he taught me so much. Um, and he was there for us. I mean, to, to the, till the day he died, he was there for us. He would call and check in and make sure we're doing okay. He would, if we all hadn't seen each other in a while and it, you know, things were getting a little too long. It's been two or three years now. Right. He'd be like, screw it. He'd send an email to all of us or call all of us and be like, look, give me a date in this month. You're all coming up to my ranch in Santa Barbara. We're going to cook. We're going to bring the families and we're going to have a day. You know, he was the linchpin of our family and he was just like I said, one of the most caring, giving, loving individuals I've ever met, not to mention one of the most talented. I mean, he was a true renaissance man. I mean, not only an you know, award-winning actor, a singer, a musician, a comedian, um, a writer, a producer. He was the jack of all trades in the, in the entertainment industry. And unlike most who are, you know, What's the what's the old saying? You know, master of none. You know, like you're great Jack, at Jack everything. Jack of all trades, master Jack of all none. trades, master yeah, yeah, yeah. of none. Alan wasn't like that. He had learned to master it before he went on to something else, and then he was determined to master that too. And it was just something to aspire to to bring that kind of professionalism and desire and compassion to everything you tried to do. Right. Wow. Now, did you have a relationship with uh, his son, Robin Thicke, at all? Oh, yeah. Robin and I were uh, were great. I like to say we were great frenemies because <laughs> <laughs> um, we were rivals. You know, he was about a year younger than me, but we were rivals for every girl we, you know, we found attractive that we wanted to be boyfriend, girlfriend with. We were we were competitive with each other, but we got along great. I mean, I went over to Alan's house all the time to hang out with Robin because we were almost the same age and we were very yeah. good friends back then. And I'll tell you right now, we knew he was going to blow up. I mean, he had oh, yeah. this kind of musical talent at freaking 10 years old. I mean, he was, he was already in his room with his little keyboard that his dad had bought him and, you know, writing music and doing this and that. So Robin was always insanely talented and yeah, he was, he was a good friend. That's cool. Now. So in the 80s, you know, they made a big deal. What was it? Teen Beat Magazine or Tiger Beat or whatever mm -hmm. made a huge deal out of all of these 80s stars. Did you have friends from other shows that you hung out with or were you just so busy working? Um, 
there wasn't a lot of hanging out, but yes, we did. Our socialization was more work things, um, PR events and things like that. So us kids would get to travel a lot. Me and the kids from Mr. Belvedere and Who's the Boss and a lot of the other shows, we would go on these PR trips together or we'd go to you know, this interview or we were doing a TV guide shoot. So we always had work that was kind of, we were around each other and we formed a lot of good friendships, but you didn't have a lot of time to hang out at each other's houses or sure. do, go do other stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, everybody knows I, I dated Kirk's little sister, Candace, and I Whoa, dated Danica I, McKellar from wonder years. Okay. I we didn't know, all, I didn't know about Candace Cameron. I knew about Danica McKellar. Yeah, I well, I mean, Candace and I were always around each other. She was right. always at the set, um, and this was before Full House had started. Okay, um, so she was always around with the family, and you know, she was incredibly cute, and we were the same age basically. So we were boyfriend girlfriend there for a little while, and um, you know, we we all kind of held, hung out in the same circles. That's cool. um, at work. So you did have that little friend group. I mean, Bryce Beck, like I said, Bryce Beckham from, you know, Mr. Belvedere and Danny Pintaro and Alyssa Milano from Who's the Boss and, you know, Malcolm Jamal Warner from Cosby and all these guys, they were friends. Yeah, that's cool. Now, later on in life, do you, is there like a, I don't want to use the word support group, but the child actors of the 80s, you know, that, that you know, do you guys get together and kind of reminisce what the 80s were like or anything like that? There is actually a group of us that are, um, it's, it's a Facebook group. We're also tied into a charity that does a lot of work for um, children's rights in the industry and stuff like that. It was an organization that Paul Peterson from um, Like Father, Like Son, I believe it was, um, there might have even been before that. He was one of the original child stars on that, and he created this group to try and lobby Congress. I mean, they were the ones who got the Coogan Law passed, which is where, you know, they have to protect a certain portion of our money and put it in a trust for us. Ah, Um, They were the ones who helped get that passed. They're the ones who are still fighting today to get it to be a national law because it's not. It's only in, I believe, three states right now. And because filming is blown up all over the country and all over the world, and we're filming in Canada and we're filming in Georgia and Florida and Minnesota and all these different places now, kids have no protection in those states. So this organization is still fighting to work with that. And we created the, you know, ex-child star society basically as a Facebook group and a way for us all to communicate and get together. And every year or two, we'll throw a little barbecue and a lot of us come, um, you know, we have kids from Aaron Murphy from Bewitched played Tabitha and, you know, we, we, we're all still a part of each other's lives and it's not exactly a support group, but it, there's very few people in this world who can understand what your life was like back then. Right. And these are people who get it without you having to say anything. Right. Yeah. Because from our perspective, you know, I was uh, in the, you know, child of the eighties. Oh my gosh, these guys are so cool. They're famous and they're my age and and this, that, and the other. There's so much more to it for sure. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, You know, we, we all experienced normal kid stuff and maybe to a degree, a little bit more. I mean, as an example, I dealt with a lot of bullying. Um, mm-hmm. a lot of bullying, 
And you may, may not think that because, oh, hey, you were popular. Everybody liked you. And well, yeah, except people resent success a lot of times and especially kids who, you know, maybe makes them feel inferior, whatever it is. And here's another aspect of it. And it had nothing to do with me. I'm not, you know, Mr. Brad Pitt model drop dead gorgeous guy, but because of the popularity of the show, I'd go to a new school and every girl liked me. Mm, well, yeah, what do you think yeah. that made the guys feel like? Right. They right. weren't real fond of me. <laughs> right. So I, I, I dealt with a lot of bullying. Um, I dealt with a lot of stuff like that. And a lot of us did. And it's, there's a lot of ins and outs. I mean, you give up a lot as a child actor. Sure. Now I've always, I've always said the trade-offs were well worth it. The things I got to do, the experiences I had, the lives I got to touch were well, well worth it, but you give up a lot. You don't have a lot of friends outside of the industry. You don't have a normal life. You grow up with a very skewed perspective on how things get done. Um, you grow up without a lot of social skills or life skills. Um, you know, I mean, I, I didn't know how to function off of a set. Right. Yeah. You know, and I was used to just a small example when I was going to my, I was, we were checking out schools to go to a, starting at a new junior high and we're sitting there taking the tour with the headmaster and we got done. And here I am, at, you know, 12 years old and i turned to the guy and i said well thank you tom i appreciate it i called my future headmaster by his first name at 11 <laughs> years old and my mother had to tell me in the car that is not appropriate <laughs> i didn't know i didn't have those life skills i hadn't learned that kind of stuff you know it took me a long time to, to learn, I mean, I, I, until I was into my mid twenties, I didn't know how to function in real life. And it set me back an awful lot. Um, I don't blame the industry for it or anything else. It's just when your focus on, is on work and performing and the job, you know, you don't think about the other stuff, you know, you don't think, does this kid know how to just do basic life? You know, the things that are going to get you through life. And you don't learn that really. Um, I mean, my parents tried to keep me as grounded as possible. I had chores. I had responsibilities. Um, if I mouthed off, I got to, you know, pop across, you know, the mouth. Um, yeah. It was, I was a normal kid as much as possible, but the surroundings were very abnormal. Right. And I've, I've heard you talk about your, your upbringing with your parents uh, in, in other interviews and kind of the comparison to some of the other maybe child actors who, uh, who didn't respect their parents as much as you did. And uh, kudos to your parents for keeping you grounded. Well, they weren't going to have any of that. You know, I mean, there's my mother was never or at least never outwardly afraid of losing the paycheck. You know, that was not the most important thing to her, although it was important because I was basically the provider for the family. That's um, at, at eight, nine, 10 years old. That's that's crazy. And that's we can get into that in a sec because I had a little <laughs> nervous breakdown at 10 years old. Oh, wow. Um, be kind of because of all of that and some other stuff too, abandonment issues with my with my father and those kind of things. But my mom was never afraid of losing that. If it mm -hmm. meant, you know, not doing her job as a parent, that wasn't going to happen. You know, she kept me in line. 
other kids, you could see their parents were afraid of losing that paycheck because they let their kid get away with anything. I, I never name names, but I saw multiple kid stars who are of my age and my generation telling their parent to F off, you know, to basically they were the ones calling the shots at 11 and 12 years old. That was not going to play in my house. Yeah, I mean, I if I had done that, you'd have probably been digging my body up. <laughs> so that was just not going to play. And I, I very much am thankful to my mom and my grandmother and my father for, you know, for doing that and for being firm and strict with me and keeping me, you know, as as grounded and having as normal of a life as I could. Well, I hope you're enjoying this interview with Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains. Unfortunately, this is going to be the end of part one. Now, you can listen to part two this Wednesday night on NNF After Dark, where he's going to be talking about working with Leonardo DiCaprio, his nervous breakdown at 10 years old, which is a really, really interesting and crazy story, uh, and then many, many other things. You're not going to want to miss it because the best is yet to come on this. If you'd like to watch this interview in its entirety, unedited, uninterrupted, check out our Patreon. Become a Clubhouse member for as low as $2 a month. All of these interviews that we're doing are in their entirety, unedited, raw, on our Patreon. So join that today so you can see the entire interview. You're listening to the No New Friends Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey there, Scott here. You all know I like to spend time wandering the neighborhood on my my big wheels or hanging out at the park with my fedora and my Bud Light. So I don't have time to clean my own house. That's why I've been using I Believe services for the past six, seven years. And they're the best in commercial and residential cleaning. They're also doing carpet shampooing at such a reasonable price. Just check them out. That's IBelieveServices.us. Give them a call, 407-928-4595, and tell them that the No New Friends podcast sent you. Hey, everybody. Why don't you give the old Black Lincoln Collective podcast a listen? We're funny. We're fat. And we're here 24-7 at blcpodcast.com. Anytime you want to listen, anywhere, all your favorite podcast apps. Of course, we have a YouTube channel where you can stream live with the show. Check out our shorts. We're funnier the less you hear of us. That's been a Black Lincoln Collective podcast at blcpodcast.com. Hi, this is Bruce Valanche, and uh, you're listening to the No New Friends podcast. Unless they look like Matt LeBlanc in the early days, he could be my friend. Welcome back to the No New Friends podcast. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with Jeremy Miller, part one. And like I said, part two will be on uh, the next episode of After Dark. And it's it gets even uh, even darker, but then he does come out of it and we have a lot of fun at the end. Now, also a reminder, check out, and we talk about it at the end of the show, but Ashes to Awesome podcast. That's with Chuck LaFlange and his journey out of addiction and into recovery. Uh, he's got, he does six episodes a week now. There, It's an amazing podcast, but he gave me the opportunity to interview him on his show. Just 
absolutely was honored to do that. It's a fantastic interview. Uh, his questions or his answers are just very, very raw and honest. And I highly encourage you to check that out, especially if you like the interview that we did on After Dark with him this past week. Uh, just fantastic guy. His his podcast is so important, and uh, I need everybody to check that out. You know, just give 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 it a shot. Sarah, do you do you have any food reviews for us this week? I do. So this one is a thread that says starts with everyone who works in customer service should legally be allowed to fight one customer a year, which I absolutely agree with 100%. So this is the review to follow. As a last minute resort, me and my sister went to the subway to get 63 foot long subs for my grandson's confirmation party and had to wait over an hour for the subs. Ridiculously long wait, and the lady who took my order seemed really annoyed with me. Well, yeah, that's the whole call ahead thing. If you've got a big yep. order, a big party, call ahead. And where was this at? This was at Subway. 63. That is a very oddly specific that's how many number guests of they foot had. long subs. So many and they all had. ate one foot long? They went person to person, got their orders, no. and then brought it. <laughs> you think they did? They sent out a Maybe. questionnaire? Maybe. Like they sent out like. <laughs> send us what subway sub you would like if they were so ready to send out a questionnaire they would have ordered them in right advance. i wonder how intense this, that's what i'm wondering though is like was it just like a bunch of like ham and cheese and stuff or were they like i would like a uh, sweet onion chicken teriyaki with no from lettuce, the sound of that tomatoes, review extra onion it, it's the picky person. Oh, all different mm. modifiers. I went gl- gluten-free bread, gluten or vegan cheese. They don't have gluten-free Blah. bun there. They don't have it there. So I, I, I do need to tell Blah you, I, I, I went to this, uh, this party one time and they asked me what I wanted to eat because they had like vegan stuff. And I was like, I don't want vegan. And I said, just go to Subway. I want 63 subs. 63. That was you. I'm sure it was of it. Me. That was me. Yep. How many cookies <laughs> did you order? Oh, those cookies are amazing. They have yeah. really. Yeah, well, yeah, that's one thing that can bring <laughs> the nation together, Subway cookies. <laughs> Subway cookies, yeah. When, whenever I was at USF um, on like my freshman year or my first year on campus there on Wednesdays, I had class from like super early in the morning until like late in the evening. And at night, my English class was like above the on-campus subway and so like our breaks i would just this was before i knew i couldn't have the gluteneous and i would just go and be like i'll take 12 cookies just like let me have those and i would just sit in class and eat all them cookies so good Mm. so good ryan in chat asks who the hell has subway at their confirmation ceremony i want to know who the hell has a confirmation ceremony that you know you would need food at like it's just a they should have confirmed the damn orders what they should have confirmed (laughs) (laughs) so okay here's my restaurant tip of the week chris no jesus christ do you (laughs) do you like going on campouts? do you like camping no what just because i look homeless doesn't mean that i like living in tents sarah do you like camping do you like like going to the woods and all that i it's been a very long time but i did enjoy it mary what about you um, I prefer to glamp, I guess is what it would be okay. called. So when we go camping, we yeah. go in the RV. Like, But Perfect. we have all these kids. That you would know? be me but, too. Right. Yeah. It's nice to have AC. Yeah. But we and all agree that, that- In a kitchen. Yeah. We all agree that camping belongs in the woods, right? Yeah, yeah. sure. Or at like a recreational park. Yeah. yeah. Like a beach sometimes. That's fine too. At. Right. Where else right. would you camp? You know yeah. where camping yeah. doesn't right. belong? At your table in the restaurant. That too. <laughs> okay campers stop doing that shit, okay 
if you've had to if you had to make reservations to get in or if the restaurant is on a wait, do not camp at your table. The restaurant needs needs that table for the next guest. Now, if you're going into like a pub type situation or a late night type situation, sit there as long as you want. Nobody cares. But if you see that there's a line at the door, eat and get the F out. Someone needs that table. Scott, didn't you just tell us that you were sitting at a bar and taking up a couch and a chair and a bunch of people piled in and there was no seats left and you were just camping there? Interesting point, Mary. Just camping there. Time out because I'm going to edit all that out. This is the segment that I need you to agree with me because it doesn't play as well. (laughs) Alex, Alex, don't cut any of that out. Well, I'm going to cut it out. I'm an ally, okay? I'm just saying I want you to think about this. We we all we all in the restaurant industry, we all talk about educating the masses on what's appropriate behavior. I am using our platform to educate the masses on proper restaurant etiquette and and Mary is just not uh, who's bad at improv what? here, me or you? Look, you know what, Scott? You know what I think has happened point, is that um I think that I'm too far removed from the industry. Maybe I just Well, don't you don't remember. remember where you came from. Sarah, how do you feel about restaurant campers? I well, I hate it. Thank you. That's I why you're my favorite. I every aspect. I do. Wow. Wow. You know what? Well, as a server, I want to make money. And then you think like, okay, they're sitting here a long time. They're going to tip me well. And then they don't. They throw that $3 at you. That's right. ridiculous. If you're going to sit there and pay and money, I- like you buy stuff, then fine. If you're going to buy stuff, fine. If you're going to keep ordering drinks, right. take as much time as you want. But if you're going to sit there and play canasta. Right. If you're going to keep putting money in my pocket. Yeah, exactly. absolutely. Stay as long as you want. If you're going to sit there and play canasta or do a a, a Bible study group or play Cards What's Against Humanity canasta? and take up the table. I don't know what that is. Explain what canasta is. It's a card game for old people named Mary. <laughs> my grandmother's offended. I bet she's never played canasta. I'm going to ask her. Her name's Mary. Or bridge. She's I don't lovely. know. Pinnacle. Oh my God! Remember we had the Bunko. okay. I'm on your side now. We had those crazy Thank bridge ladies. Thank you, the bridge oh, ladies. Thank you very ladies, much, man. I got married everywhere. They yeah. were the they worst. Were everywhere. They would come in early and they would yell at me, and I was pregnant, and they would want me to put tables together for them because they had extra friends. And you know what? I would put them together, and then they'd get there, and they didn't even have extra friends. They were just fat, and it made me mad. Oh. Sorry. Okay. So. I had a lot of rage. You remember that one time I was moving all those tables when I was pregnant and you were just watching me and I got mad at you? Do you remember that? Okay. In all fairness, Similar I was situation. a substitute at that restaurant that day. I didn't, I, I wasn't even supposed to be there. Okay. That was not my home restaurant. And I told you at the beginning of the shift, I hate substituting at restaurants because I'm not going to do anything. Uh, so you got this. And I'll manage the front. You manage the back. The back included going to the uh, hole in the wall bar next door to get a new table for the bridge ladies to move it all together. Well, because someone didn't because someone didn't book the private room properly, and that's not my fault. I worked at a different restaurant. Wasn't my fault either. Not my problem. Anyways, um, yeah, screw those bridge ladies because then they would hang out there and they would request like they would order. Just like they would want pots of coffee, like tons of coffee. And we were a barbecue place. We were not a breakfast place. No offense, Sarah, but you should make a lot of coffee where you work, right? Like you do. You probably have a a ton of coffee pots. We had one, just one. And we were not. I remember it very well, though. When I worked at Olive Garden, you would get like those those people who would, you know, have their wine and have their pasta. And then they'd order the dessert. And then they come in with the, oh, can I have coffee? 
And you always, always have to hit them with the, oh, well, you're going to have to give me a few minutes because I have to brew it fresh for you. Because who the hell keeps coffee on at, like, at nine o'clock yes. at night? My dad and of course does that. Like, my, yeah, no dad, my dad and Rachel both have to have coffee after dessert. I mean, my husband, hello, it's always going. Coffee is always going. Oh, it's weird. But at the How time, does he sleep? Uh, see, caffeine doesn't affect me like that. If you have ADHD, you can go right to sleep out. after drinking caffeine. It's not a thing for I us. drink a cup of yeah. coffee, I'm out. Out, yeah, it's great. That's the opposite effect. Scott's like, where can I get some coffee? I'm just going to start <laughs> drugging people. So anyway, Anyways. eat your damn food and leave, okay? Unless you're going to yeah, sit there and spend the, money, and if, get the hell out of there. Especially if you're playing bridge. Get yeah. the hell out of here. If you're at a late night establishment, there's no wait. There's plenty of open tables. Take as much time as you want. It's fine. All right, before we get to this week's phone call, and as always, you can leave us a voicemail, 407-906-0543. Before we get to the phone call, I've got a couple of corrections to make from last week. So our mystery caller did not identify as gay his name is not gay he said hi diz his gang after i edited it and listened to it i was like oops not gay he may be gay i don't know no judgment i mean love is love but his name is not gay also second correction my mom was very disappointed that i didn't inform you all that i was named after scotty baldwin who was a character on general hospital oh so, my god oh that explains so much <laughs> so <laughs> so it all makes sense now <laughs> so there, there you go she'll be happy to know that i uh, i i corrected myself and explained to you all all right uh we've got a phone call to get to before we do chris's cliff notes so uh here we go mystery caller i am not gay <laughs> to prove it i scrapped my plans to head to barnes and noble and drove half an hour to where I am right now, the Santa's Flora. Of course, that is not where I most dream of calling from. Nay, I dream of someday calling from a covered bridge. Yes, so I'm here today at the florist to show that I am not gay by showing that I'm instead an ally, and I'm currently protesting outside this flower shop. Of course, it's like 7 a.m., and they don't open for another few hours, so I'm getting some weird looks, but it's worth it for the point I'm making. Excuse me for a moment. I got to speak to everyone here who's gathered. We're going to South Carolina and Oklahoma and Arizona and North Dakota and New Mexico. We're going to California and Texas and New York. And we're going to South Dakota and Oregon and Washington and Michigan. And then we're going to Washington, D.C. to take back the White House. Ah! <laughs> I'm sure you can hear all the pictures of body. And if you thought that was a bad transition, wait until you hear Scott start talking about manscapes this week. Sarah, you have kids, right? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, I'm here. I want to talk about the great and glorious 1987 film, Flowers in the Attic. In this film, there are secrets that Chris and Kathy never knew about their parents. After their father dies, the teenage siblings, along with their younger brother and sister, are sent to live with their cruel grandmother, Olivia. Olivia is disgusted by the children. She knows that their mother and father were actually cousins and locks the brood in the attic. The kids then try to keep their spirits high in spite of their bleak situation. Kind of like Chris making more wagers when the gambling's going poorly. His money's disappearing faster than the leg of the guy I ran over by the sunrail. In honor of Scott having no clue what I was saying last week, what if Helen Keller lost her other three senses? Oh, <laughs> oh boy. Oh, man. Wow. Helen Keller, she was the one that hid in the attic. Right? Yes. <laughs> yes. So close. Uh, Chris, you got any cliff notes? I do. 
It's been quite the show. A lot of stuff's happened, so nothing can stop this little boy from recapping the day. The Chris is Cliff's Notes way. All right, so I don't remember a lot of these because they were written a long time ago in the galaxy far, far away. <laughs> So, we started off the show by asking everyone if they do date nights. Sarah replied by saying that she loves going to Chili's. I thought the food poisoning was accidental, but now I see you're going out of the way to get it. So, I don't feel as bad. <laughs> She's got to stay skinny. <laughs> skinny. So, Scott started talking about how his wife was staying home from work the other day. He went into a panic because... Uh, he thought that she might have lost her job. <laughs> Rachel's income is the only thing that can fund Scott's binge smoking and drinking. And what I mean by that is Rachel pays all of Scott's bills. There was no, no, no joke. It's just it's the sad the truth. truth. <laughs> Scott went to a burlesque show at a speakeasy. He was super, super nervous to go. Not because of the burlesque thing, but because he hasn't been to a speakeasy since he was bootlegging in the 20s. <laughs> That may have been one of your best. That may have been one of your best. That was really funny. <laughs> All right. This one's bad. Uh, Scott told me that he went to a burlesque show, and uh, and the girls were very attractive, as you all heard on the podcast. Uh, it's weird, because he called me telling me he went to a talent show. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. That was really bad. <laughs> Teach their own. Um, so last week, uh, we got a plethora of Ryans for Jersey Man versus Florida Man. After all those Ryans, we get stuck with our least favorite one this week. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the first time that Ryan's been roasted in uh, Cliff Notes. I love it. I think it's the second. I think it's the second. Poor Ryan. Every once in a while. Sarah's food review this week was uh, about Subway, and I was actually on the phone the other day with Scott when I was at Subway. I was telling him how much I love their sandwiches. He told me was he wasn't a huge fan of the sandwiches, but he loves Jared and all of his accolades oh, from college. Wow! Wow! <laughs> wow. It's his hero. <laughs> So, unless you live under a rock, you heard on the news that a Florida man was criminally charged with paying an adult actress hush money this week. Scott, you should have just paid Rachel the money back. I mean, it, 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 it's, getting, it's getting out of hand. It's, it's getting out of hand now. Uh. <laughs> Mary talked about how horrible bridge ladies are. And to be honest with you, I have no idea what a bridge lady is or what they do, because uh, mainly I spend my days underneath the bridge, occasionally popping out, not allowing people to pass. He's a troll. He's a troll. No, thank you, Scott. <laughs> oh Maybe new listeners, you know, they need to understand that he's short and fat. Wow. <laughs> wow. And lastly, when Scott was at the burlesque show, he was very thirsty. He told us that he had white stuff on the edge of his lips from being dehydrated. Nick just calls that being gay. <laughs> and those are my cliff notes. Oh, God. It's the one that gets us canceled. <laughs> It's been quite the show, a lot of stuff's happened, so nothing can stop this little boy from recapping the day, the Chris's Cliff's Notes way. <laughs> 
That was really good. So the the first segment with the burlesque show, I had a completely different segment in mind, but I was reminded by the by my wife and the rest of the Clitter Army that I can't talk about that right now because it's a hot. Wait, what? The Clitter Army. That's like you have to explain that a little. Yeah. That's what she calls like the band of women. Like that's interesting. Oh. Yeah, the Clitter Army rhymes with glitter. Starts with a C. I did. I did understand what I meant. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> I had a I had a topic that I've been holding on to for for a while that I I thought was going to be dynamite, and I I I didn't know if we should do burlesque or this other topic. And she's like, No, 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 you can't do the other topic right now. I'm like, Why? Why not? And she's like, Because this this it's real big with women right now. You can't do it. The clitter army says no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Smart. Hey, it's Alex from Diz His. You know me, you know Joe, you definitely know Chris, and you know Jen. Well, we're the hosts of Diz His, the Disney History Podcast. Every week we take one Disney subject and go over the history, as well as our insight on the subject. We talk about other Disney topics, as well as what's new in the news. You can find us on all podcast platforms, or go to our website, dizhiz.com. That's D-I-Z-H-I-Z.com. And we're on all social media at DizHiz65. Chris, what do you got coming up on Diz Is? Well, I'll tell you what, Scott. I usually go into deep thought, usually while I'm showering, uh, about what I am going to say about Nick from Sandpiper Vacations. Because, you know, this, this segment is sponsored by Nick from Sandpiper Vacations. So, today I forgot. Uh, but To take a shower? Both. No, because I never forget to think of Nick in the shower. So I, I'm not taking a shower until after the podcasting tonight. But um, that doesn't really matter because I actually got the great privilege of uh, going to the great state of Ohio where Nick resides. And I was able to meet Nick. Oh. And yeah, and he, he super, super great host, him and his husband both. Uh, I came into their home. And they uh, they gave me a cream pie. Oh, good. <laughs> oh, my God. And not, not banana bread. No. Uh, an old-fashioned cream pie. And, um, and then they took me out. And uh, we, we, the locals called it Cincinnati three-way. And it was just, <laughs> it, was, it was really, really good. I, I recommend anybody who's interested in that kind of stuff to, you know, if they have a good palate, if they like that like little tingling sensation you get on the tongue when you get when you when you dive into a Cincinnati three way, oh it's my God. Uh, it's it's really good and it's it's especially I get the good same at, type of sensation when I meet the Clitter it, Army. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's especially good after getting a cream pie because you have that you have that substance from the cream pie. You get it cleanses the palate and then you get the three way Cincinnati three way. Uh, don't know what I'm talking about. Google it. Google it. Um, <laughs> send send us pictures, please. Uh, no new friends yeah. podcast at yahoo.com. It was, I, I, I had a really great time. I, you know, change. It, <laughs> while I'm saying this, uh, Sean, <laughs> Nick's husband writes in the chat, the cream pie was homemade. He just wanted to make everything. He just, he just wanted, he just wanted everyone to know the cream pie was oh, homemade. Wonderful. They're really, they, both of the, both of them together Really good team, really good cooks. Uh, <laughs> if you 
want to visit an old friend, <laughs> you can reach out to Nick at Sandpiper Vacations. Go to sandpipervacations.com, fill out a free quote, tell them the No New Friends podcast sent you. This week on Disney, Scott, guess what? I do absolutely nothing. Oh, so like your work. Exactly. Actually, let's break this down for a second, Scott. It's very confusing because... Is that for this week or next week? <laughs> so, okay. So this is this is what happened. I'll help Chris out. Yes, please. So, he said that last week was the 200th episode, but April Fool's, it was not the 200th episode. It was a Patreon takeover episode. So the Patreon members took over the episode. Not something that I would ever allow. I'll let them take over segments, but not the show. Sorry. Uh, and then this coming up week is the 200th episode. So you're welcome. Yeah. So yeah, exactly what Scott said. 200th episode was really cool because I got to, ex I got to kind of like hijack the 200th episode. Cause I've been there for like 17 and uh, I got to just take credit for, for, for the 200th episode. That's basically what Scott does when he, uh, when he does his like tax returns, he takes credit for everything, but it's really just Rachel. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I got to, I finally got to feel like Scott. No, it was, it was really cool. We had a Q and a, it, uh, it turned out way better than I think anyone could have ever expected. It's a really cool episode of appreciation to the Patreons and all the listeners, but yeah, the, pa the April fool's day episode, Goof Troop, Goof Troop Takeover, which is the Patreon uh, members. Really fun episode. I did listen to it. Really fun episode. Uh, hats off to everybody who was involved in that. So, yeah. So, listen to, I, I mean, I can't say my usual, like, listen to that if you're interested in, you know, X ride or X attraction. This one just listen to it because I said so. There there's you really go. No, <laughs> yeah, there's really no other Fair way enough. to say it. There you go. Uh, you can connect with DizHiz. That's DizHiz65 on all social media. DizHiz.com. Don't forget to listen to us on After Dark. It comes out every Wednesday night at about 9 o'clock-ish. And we're going to have part two of our interview with Jeremy Miller, who played Ben Seaver on Growing Pains. We, you knew that because we already interviewed him for part one. Anyway, uh, we've got some other great podcasts to talk about. I already kind of talked about this one earlier, but Ashes to Awesome podcast with Chuck LaFlange the rise from addiction and into recovery. It's a great podcast. Check it out. Also, don't wreck yourself with uh, with don't wreck yourself. Ryan, who deep dives into things that are wrecking the internet, internet. Wow. Uh, and then also the Black Lincoln Collective podcast. Really funny. Two guys just kind of messing around just like us. And uh, it's really funny. Mary, what you got? Uh a mental health moment with Dr. Edward Samero. You can find that on Spotify and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. You may notice that there's going to be a small break in episodes, but that's because he's working on something super awesome that he can't do at the same time. So just keep following his website and uh, there'll be some cool stuff coming out, I think. Is he allowed to give you therapy? No. Chris, what you got? Uh, first off, I have the Studio 21 podcast, the baseball podcast. Baseball season is in full swing, no pun intended. Go take a listen to them if you like that kind of stuff. If you don't like baseball, then I probably wouldn't recommend it to you. But actually, listen to it. Maybe you'll like baseball again. I don't know. Secondly, we got Big Beautiful Diz. Dane uh, has a YouTube channel, not a podcast. Go to YouTube, type in Big Beautiful Diz. Great YouTube channel if you're a fan of theme parks, Disney in particular. And lastly, we have the Podfather himself. Happy birthday, The Remy. birthday boy, Lord the birthday, Remy. The birthday boy himself, where he breaks. I'll tell you what. Um, I listened to his latest episode with he had a comedian on in the area, and it was a really fun episode. Really good guest. Um, so listen to Remy's Roundtable if you are into Florida and the Florida theme parks. Sarah, what you got? 
the Nerd Archive podcast. Um, talk about all things nerdy. This week, my lovely sister-in-law went to Megacon. So, <clears throat> yeah. So, they're going to be talking about that. You can find that on Spotify and, you know, all the other podcast platforms. All that good awesome. stuff. And Sarah, how can our listeners follow you on Instagram to check out your thrift shop? On Instagram, Old Soul Thrift, where I sell all kinds of nifty, cool vintage clothes. So check it out there. And Chris, if our listeners want to follow you, how can they find you? Oh, my address? Like my home address, Scott? Yeah, why not? All right. So I live in South Jersey. (laughs) so, (laughs) So you can follow me. What would you like me to plug, Scott? Instagram. Ah, you can follow me at the scumbag reselling hoarder. Should I plug my personal Instagram too? Uh, that's up to you. Hey, you know what? Why not? At Chris Yob. And- if you want to follow me <laughs> and see all my t- pictures of my dog, go ahead. <laughs> and Mary? Oh, yeah. I don't update that very often, but you can look at it. Yeah, that's the queen of quandary. And then also Mary Samaro, which is my maiden name on Instagram. Yeah. And you can connect with us, nonewfriendspodcast.com. All of our social media links are right there. You can join our clubhouse for as little as $2 a month. Become a friend with benefits and watch us record these things live. Get to see the full Jeremy Miller interview, unedited, uncut. That's not kind of sounds circumcised. But anyway, oh my God. Uh, you can check that out and all sorts of other stuff. Check out our sweet merchandise. And please, please share this episode. This episode means a lot to me. That was a really cool interview with Jeremy Miller. On behalf of... Our mystery caller, Game Master Ryan. Alex, our producer. Sarah, Chris, Mary. I'm Scott. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye.